Take your Bibles, please, just briefly before Brother Antonio comes up. Turn to Acts chapter 13, if you would, please. Acts chapter 13. Roger made uh, uh, made a comment about our missions. Again, everything that the Lord does through this local fellowship is to God be the glory. I mean, it's 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 what our Lord does. It's not us. That's our you know with salvation, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Then, when it comes to just being the church, you, know, you, you stop and think, there's, there's so much in this world right now that we're looking at, we're going, what is everybody's problem? There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of uh, anxiety. But you know, the Lord told his own, he said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one toward another. Now, you say, well, you know, there, there are some people uh, that are just hard to love. Yeah, I mean, and you're probably one of them. That's why it takes God's great grace. I know I have been at times, shh, don't. But we do praise God for what the Lord does. Uh, we had a missions minute this morning. We have a sign back there that I, I got the gist of that when we were, when my wife and I were in the Philippines, uh, the um, Laloma Baptist uh, in Quezon City, they had a sign that was a little bit like this. I changed it a little bit, but I love this thought. The sun never sets on a missions-loving church. There's ministry going on all the time in a minuscule part because Faith Baptist gives to worldwide missions. We started out in 1996 with Faith Promise, which means the offering above the tithe. And uh, the church was about three times the size that it is now. And we gave a whopping $4,000. People just weren't quite on board yet. But they gained more and more and more. And I just wanted to let you know that in spite of its small size, this last week, the church passed by the $1 million mark in giving to Faith Promise. To God be the glory. Indeed. So we rejoice in the missionaries that we have, and we rejoice in what God does in the lives of young people. Those that have been here before, they heard some things, acted on some things. God spoke. We rejoice in that. In Acts chapter 13, verse 1, we read this of the acts of the Holy Spirit through local churches. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Marian, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. 
and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost, as excuse me, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Now, that's not exactly what we're doing this morning. But I wanted to bring out this fact. I've told you before that there's an evangelist friend of mine when I was teaching in Christian school down in Santa Maria. The Lord called us to that when I was in my late 20s. But there was an evangelist that was out of our church in Santa Maria at that time, and he was speaking to the young people, and he said something that really struck me. He said, young people, sometimes it's hard to recognize greatness up close. Now, you stop and consider it. When you go outside tonight and you look up, I don't know how many stars you'll be able to see. One of the things I'm glad for is when we are able to go camping and such, I love getting out on, you know, under a clear sky, you know, the lights of the city gone, and you look up, and there they are by the trillions. Our God is large and in charge over that. But that same God reaches down to an individual and asks them, seeks to bring them to himself. Many times they reject, but there are those that will see the truth in God's word and they accept. Then on top of that, there are those that he comes to again and says, I have something specific for you. Now, we're all called to ministry, all of us. It doesn't matter who cuts our check. We were all given the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. But there are times that the Lord says, I have something specific I want you to do in the work of the ministry. I can still take you to the place in Martinez, California, where when I I did concrete work for six years, I can take you to the place where God said, I've got something else I want you to do. And we did it. And now we've been here 31 years. Here's a young man right here who is following in the footsteps of some who have gone out of this church, Now, I don't know what the Lord's going to do in his life, but he believes that God has called him to something, and there is training that needs to be involved. We praise God for those who have gone out already. Uh, The dear lady that gave us our missions minute this morning and her husband, Paul, are here. Their daughter feels called to Congress We need to pray for her. Congress is a wretched cesspool in some ways right now, just like Sacramento. I know I've had people that are in the legislature that have told me that. That's exactly what they are, what it is there. But then there are others like Tim Schmidt, who went into evangelism, like Dave Welch, who went from being a mechanic and Nilo Volkswagen, 
He's now pastoring in Elk Grove. Our son is pastoring in Grants Pass, Oregon. Justin Hayes is a missionary in Spain. And Lord knows what he's going to call this young man to do. But he's called. And so we praise God for that. Folks, God is at work. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you, I'm reading the news and everything. No, 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 no. God is at work in local churches, reaching young people, reaching old people. You see, you never know what you might get called to. I'm telling you, believe me. But this is what we rejoice in. Because God is at work. Now, if he's the typical preacher, Antonio, right now in his heart, is saying, Preacher, shut up. It's my turn to get up there. I got the power. No. But I want you to understand, we rejoice in anything that God is doing because there comes a time when we read in our Bibles, in Revelation 20, and I saw the multitude, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to those things written in the book. And death and hell gave up the dead, the sea also... And it goes on to say this, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. That's why we do what we do. That's why the wicked one hates what we do. If there is, people say, well, you know, there's all wars and all this going on. No, no. The greatest battle that is going on on this planet right now is the spiritual warfare. So, Antonio, it's yours. Thank you, Pastor. Well, I thought I was having like some intense spiritual warfare when I was sitting there, but he made it clear that it was kind of normal. Uh, for that I wanted to get up here because you ever seen one of those dirt bikes and they just at, at a race and they, they have those things and they're just ready to go, ready to go. Um, let's pray I don't trip over the thing like some of the funny videos. Um, well, thank you all for coming. I am um, very excited and very thankful that all of you made the, the time to come to church this morning and wow. Wow. <laughs> uh. Well, I, uh, I prayed earlier in the week. I said, uh, God, uh, can you give me tears? Uh, uh, I said, Lord, hell is real. And there's family members and friends that uh, don't know where they're going. So... Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, well, the text this morning is, uh, if you have a Bible with you, there's ones in, 
in front of your seats, and uh, if you could please uh, grab a Bible, and I'll begin reading. <laughs> and I'm going to look back at this and say, oh, you wimp. <laughs> yeah, John chapter 3, please. John chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 13. Now, um, a little bit of background before I start reading this chapter. Uh, it's only found um, in the book of John, this interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus was what you call a Pharisee. And uh, a Pharisee, the Pharisees were members of a Jewish sect, and they were devoted to carrying out every rite and every ceremony of the law with great strictness. Uh, Jesus condemned the Pharisees for neglecting the important things in religion. Um, Nicodemus was a ruler on the Sanhedrin. He was, uh, um, and the Sanhedrin was a religious court system. Nicodemus also had a very high status among the Jews. Um, it's also been said in um, Jewish tradition that he was uh, the third richest man in all of Jerusalem. So basically he was very, very rich. And uh, uh, let's begin reading John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the um, Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, or chooses, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for this opportunity to preach. Um, thank you so much. Uh, just like the song we sang, only a sinner saved by grace. Lord, I don't deserve it. I deserve hell, but Lord, your grace is sufficient and you saved me. You made me new. I praise you for that. I pray that you work in hearts this morning. I pray that you open ears. I pray that you speak to each individual person. May you be exalted, Lord, because you are worthy. You are holy. And um, we do love you and thank you for this church, this body of God. Thank you for all my family that came. Um, I just thank you for my dad who came and, and, and everything that you do. 
And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs> so what does it mean to be born again? Um, that's not really a, a term that gets used very often. And uh, as we can uh, see, Nicodemus was confused by Jesus' response to his statement. Maybe the command, you must be born again, is confusing some of you. Everyone has the opportunity to be born twice, once physical and once spiritual. Let's look at John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many... But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see, the Bible is not talking about a physical birth of flesh and blood. Well, what is it talking about then? Let's read uh, John chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You see, what Jesus is referring to when he says born again is not uh, is a spiritual birth, not a physical one whereby we can crawl back into the womb and be born again. No, no, no. God requires us to be born again spiritually in order to enter into a relationship with him and to enter into heaven. The Bible says we have an inherent sin nature. Have you ever noticed that you do not have to teach kids to do wrong or sin? They naturally do it. Um, we have to teach them to do right. Romans 5.12. You don't have to turn there. I'll go ahead and read it. Wherefore, as by one man, talking about Adam, uh, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. All have sinned. Titus 3, 5 says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Simply put, being born again means to receive a new spiritual nature from God, something that before we are born again, we do not have. Unless someone is born again, they will always be under the control of our inclination to sin. Uh, for example, um, I attend RU. I've been going to RU ever since Brother Dan invited me a couple weeks after I was born again, and uh, I've been going there and... Um, it's not just a, a faith-based recovery program, but it also is a, a discipleship um, a course as well for, for new, new Christians and even those who want to strengthen their relationship with the Lord. 
it teaches that just because we, you know, just because someone stops drinking or smoking or, or whatever sin they, they uh, may be in um, does not mean that they have reached the mark. Because even though you may have stopped drinking, you, you, um, you still fall short. You may not have had a drink, a smoke, a shot, etc. Uh, in years, but you still beat your wife. You still yell at the kids. You still you know, do all these other sins. You see, being born again gives you the power to overcome all of that through Christ. How does one now how does one get born again? The key that opens the lock to this new birth other uh, is none other than the gospel. When I first heard gospel, I said, you talk about music. (laughs) Gospel means good news of Jesus Christ. And oh, let me tell you firsthand, it is awesome. It is awesome. Life changing news. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right, I just, uh, so it was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I mentioned Brother Dan again, um, but wow. Uh, anyways, Brother Dan, he uh, invited me over to, uh, you know, um, just hang out before I go, fellowship with him and his dear wife. And when I came over there, we had uh, stuffed crust pizza from Papa John's. It was delicious. And after that, after we're eating the pizza, he says, how about a puzzle? I said, all right, I don't really do puzzles. But I, I just thought, OK, let's do it. Uh, and as we began to do this puzzle. Uh, you know, Brother Dan suggested that we should, you know, start organizing these pieces, putting them in, in, in different tubs. In separate tubs to kind of make it a little bit better. And uh, how many of you think? Being organized is a good thing. You know, maybe men, we have a toolbox. Women, we have, I had a trouble thinking about this one, maybe the kitchen cupboard I, or things like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we began working t- together. And uh, I began to follow his lead, you know, because I'm a puzzle rookie. The frame of the puzzle began coming together um, and uh, things were moving along smooth, having conversation. Uh, the long story short is we, we did not finish the puzzle. But let's say for the sake of the illustration that we finished the puzzle. The puzzle, we had all the pieces. There's none left over. And then guess what? We come to find out there's a couple pieces of the puzzle that are missing. It is incomplete. All right. Now, I, I know it's a terrible illustration. But I, th- I pray it gets the point across because some of us may have an organized life. Some of us, all the pieces kind of seem to fit together. The frame is there. You know, kids go to school. They go to practice. We go to work. We got money in the bank account. Um, we're kind of disciplined on certain things. However, just like the puzzle, you are missing something. Ye must be born again. 
Someone someone once asked an old preacher by the name of George Whitfield, Hey, preacher, why do you always preach that you must be born again? You want to know what his response was? You must be born again. Now, I was not raised in a Christian home. I grew up in right here in this area. Uh, my grandma lives not too far from here. I grew up in Antelope and uh, North Highlands and uh, kind of on McClellan Bay, so kind of right here in the northern Sacramento area. And uh, when I was younger, and uh, I tell this testimony, not so that people would feel sorry or anything other than that Christ in the work that he has done in my life and so many other lives would be glorified, that God would get the glory because it is all because of him. It is him. So when I was younger, me and my brother Andrew spent a couple weeks in what you call a receiving home. Because our parents were arrested uh, at a motel. Thankfully, my grandma picked us up from there, and uh, we lived with my grandma for a, a couple of years. Eventually, my mom, whom I love, was placed in a rehabilitation program, and Andrew and I went back and lived with her. My dad, who I really love, <laughs> was rarely around. I was raised by my mom and grandma. During elementary school, um, during elementary school, you know, um, I had a rebellious attitude problem. I can't even see what I'm reading. I had a rebellious attitude problem. You could say that I really made the teachers work for their money. <laughs> it was in fourth grade that I was kicked out of elementary school for not listening to the teachers and constantly being a distraction. Um, just a little tidbit here. If there's any young kids in the room, it's better to learn from other people's mistakes and, and not, not to learn, not to learn the hard way. I then went to Kohler and there I got into fights and did not listen to teachers. In fact, one kid put paint on my arm and I, and I punched him in the face. I mean, just, we used to roll paper and pretend smoking in the fields at Colorado Elementary. A friend named Michael and, uh, found a, a marijuana cigar on the, on the playground. Now that I think about it, he probably brought it from home and that was just his story. But anyways, uh, he, he split it and somehow I ended up with a piece of this cigar. Well, word got around and, and we were called into the principal's office with parents and police involved. And that still did not prevent me from doing what I wanted to do. You see, I had an attitude and it went something like this. I don't care. Horrible attitude. You know, the first time I ever recall seeing a Bible was when a friend of mine named Joseph that lived in these apartments over here that I lived in, he had some some weed and uh, he knew that the paper in the back of a Bible was was thin. And so he tore it out to roll his marijuana in. That's the first time I can think about I've seen a Bible. Uh, Fast forward from there. Oh, another tidbit. Young men, women, be careful who you hang out with. If they're doing stuff that's like kind of you're iffy about, just maybe bring it up to your parents. Mom, is this right? Dad, is this right? Because they'll probably tell you. 
Fast forward to high school, I played football and uh, started out doing all right. Eventually, uh, I started smoking weed and then selling it to feed my addiction. They say weed is not addicting. Hey, it's not addicting. Well, why haven't you stopped yet? Exactly. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. It was my senior year. I was kicked out of high school for selling weed because someone got caught. And then they went through their cell phone, saw text messages. So I I began going to another high school, still selling the stuff, still smoking the stuff pretty much every day. Now keep in mind that sin always has consequences. It always has consequences. I started selling Xanax pills and anti-anxiety medication. And one day before my friend picked me up, I decided I was going to take some of my mom's pills and drink some vodka. You know, I just wanted to have a a good time, kick back, relax, you know, just before I go over to my friend's house. This combination made me unconscious. And my brother found me in my room, mumbling to myself and slobbering. He He grabs the phone and calls my mom, panicked. This is my younger brother, Andrew. Mom, I, Antonio is acting weird. I don't know what is wrong with him. He's not responding. He needs help. My mom was at work, however many, like 18, 10, 18 miles away in Rancho Cordova. Um, and, and she happened to contact Stephanie, her friend Stephanie. And uh, after she contacted her, well, thankfully her daughter and daughter's boyfriend had came over and put me into a cold water bath to wake me up. Meanwhile, my mom called the ambulance. I had no respect for the hospital workers who saved my life. Uh, I was I was saying all types of profanity. Now, remember what Jesus said? It's at Luke 645. I'll read it. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good and an evil man. Out of the evil treasure of his heart. Bringeth forth that which is evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Yes, my heart was evil, sad to say, but this incident still did not snap me out of my behavior. You see, I was doing what was natural. Me, me, me. I wanted to have fun. A year after graduating high school, I decided to join the United States Coast Guard. Anyone in here serve in the military? Well, thank you for your service. The push for me going to the military was to be a better example for my little brothers. Because I definitely, definitely was not. I was at the gym one day preparing to go to the Coast Guard doing what I could because, you know, you hear the stories about boot camp. And uh, a a young man in his, his late 20s walked up to me. His name was David. Now, I do have a very good family friend here named David. Uh, I would encourage you to meet him. However, this was a, a different David. And he said some other thing. Uh, and so we started talking at the gym with this gentleman named David. And I do not remember everything that he asked. But he did ask at the end of the conversation if, if he could pray for me and the friend I was with. Me and my friend looked at each other and kind of shrugged our swords. and said, yeah, why not? Okay, let's pray. And... Um, And then we proceeded to bow our heads and pray. He prayed for us in 24-hour fitness. Amen? And I went to a church with David maybe two times. I don't remember anything of what the church was talking about. I remember there was just random people coming up and so nice and smiley and meeting me and kind of felt out of place, whatever. But God wanted me there. 
And uh, he ended up giving me a Bible. And this Bible I took with me to boot camp. During boot camp, I eventually became uh, popular and uh, not for good reasons. The company commander said, I had an attitude problem. I remember thinking to myself, what are they talking about? Oh, how blind was I? I felt so alone in the beginning and even cried at night upon my rack. I was used to having family around all the time. You see, I had no hope in boot camp that um, in boot camp. They have a place called Ramp. Now, it stands for something, but uh, it, it has been called the Boo Camp within Boo Camp. Can you guess who was sent there? Yes, they sent me there in order to break me, I guess. If I did not pass Ramp, I would be reverted, meaning sent back a week and spend some extra time in Boo Camp. I remember laying on my rack in, in that Ramp. And that ramp, and um, and I just remember uh, praying to God and and asking to to help me to graduate on time. And uh, God, so, you know, God, if you're out there, just help me to graduate on time. And praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I graduated and went to A school on time, and then after I was sent to Seattle where I was stationed on a 378-foot cutter called the Midget. I loved it. I made friends fast and, and began working my way through various qualifications. And now that I look back at it, I, I sort of excelled on the ship. I got a lot of qualifications in, in a timely manner and, and things like that. And we went on patrol, patrols down to South America, um, as far as south as Costa Rica, like Golfito, and the ship I was on intercepted 12 tons of cocaine during a three-month patrol. While in Mexico, I started smoking marijuana again and drinking alcohol, even going to strip clubs, which were really brothels. Uh, they say, they say um, you say, isn't that against the rules in the military? Yes, it is. But remember, it was all about me. I wanted to have a good time. And uh, and remember, sin has consequences. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that, that shall he also reap. I did, I did not get caught that whole time uh, we were in Mexico. Hey, I'm pretty smooth. Right, right. Fast forward a bit. And uh, we're back in Seattle. By this time, I had my own apartment, food in the fridge, car in the garage, money in the bank account, having a good time in Seattle. Some of my friends from the boat were having a party one day. And, um, and I decided to go there. There was a lot of drinking and drug use there. Now the, now the time was 3 in the morning. I'm at this party. It's uh, 3 a.m. in the morning. And uh, people began uh, uh, leaving. Uh, but not Antonio. He, he, um, he still wanted to party and have a good time. Since the party became uh, boring, I decided I was going to drive and find another one. While intoxicated with alcohol and powder cocaine, I began driving. The music was up. The windows were down. 
I merged onto the freeway, headed for another party. I decided the car was not going fast enough. So I pushed the accelerator all the way down. In uh, my 2001 Honda Accord. I remember looking down and seeing the speedometer read 90 and increasing. Seattle, now you may have know, it's a, it's a very wet climate. And so it rains a lot. The roads were slick. My car began to wobble and I lost control of my car. Next thing you know, I'm doing a full 360 on the freeway. A full 360. Eventually, I regained control by the grace of God, which I didn't know then, and continued down the freeway like nothing happened. Hello? I look in my rear view and see the red and blue lights and hear, pull over, pull over now. Wow. Who knows what would have happened if the cop did not stop me and take me to jail where I only spent one night? Who who knows what would happen? Uh, the Coast Guard would have kept me. However, when I donated blood, they found marijuana and cocaine in my system, and this initiated the discharge. I was really in a I don't care mood by now, and and even started uh, doing no show no show no calls to the military. You, you can't do that in the military. Yes, I'm an idiot. The Coast Guard fast-tracked me out, and I was back home in Antelope, California. I received a warm welcome from my from my mom and from my dad, and I started working at a place, several different places, one of the which was called Thermo King, which was a good job. At the same time, I started hanging out with old friends, and soon enough, I got into a, a minor crash on the job site, and um, and they had to do a drug test, and I failed. So they had to let me go. I worked several other jobs, but I could not maintain them because I was staying up late drinking and would not come to work. And I would come into work late often. I had to finish up uh, some community service hours for the courts in Seattle. And uh, by the way, I thank you all for your your patience. And I'm almost finished here. And thank you for the the time that you have given. And... um, um, so I, I was finished up some community hours uh, for the courts in Seattle. My mom told me her friend Tim could help me get the hours completed because he volunteers with uh, Bayside all the time. Tim went to Bayside and somehow um, me and my aunt started going. My aunt Rachel, she's here and we started going and I, and I would drive to Bayside. At Bayside, I like it in the beginning, you know, when we would uh, get our toffee crunch mochas and then we would head to service. And I noticed everyone was uh, lifting their hands during the service, uh, during their concert. And I remembered I started to do that. I was thinking maybe something will make me feel better. Something will happen. I started reading one of the free Bibles they gave out at Bayside. And I started at the book of Genesis and I read through like Deuteronomy. And um, I had no idea what was going on when I was reading it. Around that same time uh, period, I started watching YouTube videos. In fact, I was watching one entitled uh, How to Be Released from Demonic Power by a preacher named Derek Prince. His method was to list out all the sins against God you could think of, confess them while praying this written prayer, and then bam, you're released. 
Now, I do not agree with that. However, the video served its purpose. As I began to write my sins out, I began to feel dirty. I began to feel guilty. Like, I need to be clean. I went downstairs to the room and began to tell, to the bathroom and uh, began to tell God my sins, followed by a written prayer. I got up off my knees. I got up off my knees in that bathroom and I, I tore that paper up into nanoparticles and I flushed it down the toilet really quick. I didn't want anybody to know about those sins. I flushed them down the toilet. God was working in my heart now that I look back. Sometime shortly after, I ran across a Baptist preacher by the name of Dr. Kim in San Jose. While I listened, while listening to his video, he stated that it is very important to study from the King James Bible. The church I was going to did not preach from the King James Bible. I wanted to find one that did. I went to a church called The Point that is um, over here somewhere, and uh, they did not preach from the King James Bible. So after their service was finished, I walked back to my car a little disappointed and I pulled out my phone and I began searching for churches in the area that preach from the King James Version Bible. I looked for I looked at one and it said Faith Baptist Tabernacle. I said, what is a tabernacle? (laughs) anyways they uh, nevertheless they had an evening service at six o'clock I put a reminder on my phone and I I went about my day then six o'clock came ding 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 time for church and I I headed to church and and when I arrived I began to look for the main interest I parked my car and I'm like where are they having service and a man who I know now as Brother Brad or Uncle Brad, uh, told me, he said, he said, hey, we're in here today. And uh, we went to the door where we're going to be having food later on. And uh, he, he opened the door and I walked in and I did not know what was going on. People were laughing and calling each other thieves. They were saying, you thief, you thief, you stole my thing. I'm like, this, wow, you know. I'm thinking, I know I'm a thief, man. Come on. Well, turns out it was a white elephant gift giveaway because it was close to Christmas. I was introduced to Pastor Mike Rogers and talked with him briefly. Then he asked me to go in his office. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do? (laughs) And so uh, anyways, we we ended up going into his office and uh, he sat me down. Um, sat down in his office and we began talking briefly. And I don't remember all the conversation. I think he was like, you know, what are you looking for in a church? Things like that. Just trying to learn me a little bit. And uh, I didn't have any idea what I was looking for in a church. And um, like, um, and then after he realized, probably I, I had no clue, he said, well, are you saved? Are you saved? And I was uh, confused. No one had ever asked me that before. And pastor said so kindly, you know, don't worry, let's go back to the party. The church had uh, such a good first impression. I I even got a present. (laughs) 
So I decided to come back the following Wednesday for that prayer meeting. After Pastor finished the message, he introduced me to Brother Mike Kelly, the teen Sunday school teacher. And uh, we went in, uh, into the Sunday school class back here. And, uh, and, and we sat down and he began to ask me questions. Now, I don't remember the whole uh, interaction completely, but I'll, I'll get to what happened after I left that, left that room. And um, he sat me down and began to ask me any, uh, any questions like, have you heard the gospel before? It means good news. Good news. Do you know what sin is? I thought, oh, yeah. Sin, I have done a whole lot of that. He proceeded to uh, quote Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, we're all sinners. Because of sin, because of our sin, we have earned death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages or payment of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He said we are all, he said we are all sinners and the payment of sin must be paid and that is death. Revelations uh, chapter 20, 13 and 14 says, I'll read it. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now here comes the good news. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, I mean go to hell, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Amen. Meaning Jesus paid the payment for us. We could not pay. Almost finished. Thank you so much for your patient and attentiveness. And uh, Mr. Kelly then told me, Romans 10.9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We bowed our head in prayer. Oh, I forgot a verse. It's Romans 10.13. He said, well, you, 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 we went through some main points of the gospel. Would you like to, to bow our heads in prayer and call on the name of the Lord to be saved? Ask him to save you. I said, yes. We bowed our head in prayer and Mr. Cal- Mr. Kelly led me to the Lord in prayer. I confessed to God I was a sinner, that I deserved hell, and that I am sorry for my sins. And I asked the Lord to please save me. Well, he saved me. Not because of what I did, but because of what he's done. And so what are the effects of being born again? The effects of being born again are found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And that says, therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature, new creature or creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Bible college, ministry, just new things that you never would imagine before.
And, and so my, my last point, my last three points are uh, A, B, C. A, B, C. Admit, believe, call. Admit means that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Can you honestly say today that you have sinned against God? Can you be honest and humble enough to do that? Can you believe that Jesus Christ is indeed God and he did indeed die on the cross for your sins and indeed was raised again the third day and he paid the full price for for our sins? And lastly, would you call upon the name of the Lord? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I thank you all for coming very much. And there's going to be a lot of food. My mom made nachos. I've heard there's lasagnas and all this stuff. So I'm excited. Uh, Pastor.